0: Okay, I think in our, our passage this morning, we have a word of comfort from the Lord, but then also a challenge. Uh, I think, you know, the, the passage with the Good Samaritan, this, the story is, is so well known to us, and it's it's a strong story. Uh, so it can be really easy for us to focus on on, on the story, when in fact it comes reading the passage, it seems like the story is actually secondary. It's, it's an explanation of the main point of what Jesus is talking about. So to talk to get what Jesus is talking about, I think we want to talk about that. But even before that, we gotta, we got to kind of put it in its context, right? So, so uh, sometimes, I'm, I'm aware of this, sometimes when I, when I preach, maybe a lot of times when I preach, I preach about really simple, uh, foundational, basic things uh, that we believe as Christians, as Catholic Christians, but also just in general as Christians. And I know that sometimes maybe some of you are, are going to be sitting here and you're going to be like, okay, Father, like the, that's, that's old news, right? And it's like, okay, great, that's fine. Review is always a, a really important thing. At the same time, something I've become more and more aware of as a priest in the 21st century is that we have a lot of people in our church today who have maybe forgotten or who never actually learned some of those basic foundational things. And so... Uh, for, for if, if you're one of those people, or if as I'm preaching, I, I preach something that seems like, gosh, I've never heard this before, or maybe it's been a long time. Okay, great. That's that's for you as well. So I think there's always something for for all of us, you know. For for me, I could always go for review, and I could always stand to learn new things. Uh, and I think the same for all of us, whether you've been coming to church for, for just a few years or for decades, right, L- longer than, than, than I've been alive, you know. Whatever it is, uh, we want to we want to engage the word of God in a real way. So, so simp- something very simple and basic, right? This is, this is something we, we at least all know that we believe. Whether we actually believe it is, is true, but we, we at least know that we teach this is true. Uh, that there is a God, right? Uh, and that God is holy. He is, he is completely different from us. We're taught, that the Bible tells us, that we're made in the image and likeness of God. Sure, absolutely. And, and we can dive into, like, what does that mean to be made in the image and likeness of God? But ultimately, the Bible also tells us that God's ways are not our ways. He says, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways and my thoughts above your thoughts. So this is something that's really important for us to know, that, that this God is different from me he is different from you he is he is holy and powerful in fact he's so powerful he creates everything that exists no one else has that kind of power right? so this is this is who god is and so in in some ways when we talk about um when we talk about this, this thing called fear of the Lord, it's not that we're to be afraid of God necessarily, but it's, it's that when we come into his presence, right, we need to be aware that we're coming into the presence of someone who is so powerful and so marvelous. I think sometimes when, when we come to Mass, it can just be like, you know, routine. And it's the same for me it can be almost like it's routine but but in fact i think to pause and just sort of stop and realize who it is that we're coming to worship who it is that we're coming to pray to there's there's something like i'm coming before someone who who is incomparable in greatness in power in goodness in fact this is who he is and and yet as I, as I recognize this, I recognize that I am one of his creatures. Right? And so, being one of his creatures, that means I, I owe him something. I owe him my whole life. And so, I come before God not just with this sort of like, God, what are you going to do for me? But instead, it's, it's like quite the opposite that, that, God, you deserve everything from me, you deserve honor. And glory, and praise, and thanksgiving from me. This, this is this is who you are, and who who I am. Had this image. uh, I think it was just yesterday. This image of of being in heaven and standing before the throne of God and worshiping Him. Just, just me. And and then this this image of like compared to the greatness of God, I'm so tiny right and and i just like i'm standing like like an ant but even smaller than an ant before god offering him my praise and my worship and and in, in the grand scheme of things right it's it's like this is so insignificant and and yet what the bible teaches us is that no matter how insignificant and tiny we are compared to god he actually he looks at us with such great affection and love it's this it's this incredible thing that, that I'm a mere creature and not just a creature, but like I'm among the tiniest of creatures that God makes. And, and I can offer him what I, I, I can try to offer him, what he deserves, and it's not possible actually. And yet in that, from his perspective, he looks down on me. He looks down on you and he has such great affection and love for you. And, and in fact, he has He has he has desires for you. That is to say that that he he wants to teach you to live like him. Because he wants you to become like him. But but to become like him, to to teach you to live like him, that means we actually, right? we, we We have to receive from him. And so what does he do? He speaks. It's amazing, right? Like God, who is so great and so marvelous, and we are—we who are so insignificant compared to Him—he speaks to us, so that we can learn to live like Him. It's amazing, simply amazing. If you let yourself really think about it, you know, this is this is maybe something that we, we can lose sight of a little bit in, in the busyness of our, our 21st century. Uh, although I, I do think there's something really profound about living in a smaller town where there's just not as much busyness, right? And so we actually can provide ourselves that space and that time to really let ourselves look up and think about how small we are. And yet, in our smallness, God desires us and loves us. It's beautiful. And He speaks to us. What does He speak? Well, He speaks His laws. And I know in 2022, the word law is not our favorite word, when we, especially when we talk about religion or when you talk about God, about how God has laws for us, or how about in the Catholic Church we have laws that we need to follow. We, we don't really like that word because we don't really like being told what to do. We, we all can think that, uh, or we can have a tendency to think that we're just like, we're all religious experts or we're all experts in God, and so don't, don't tell me about your laws because the God that I know doesn't have those laws. Well, we, we would much prefer suggestions, right? Like, Father, what are your suggestions? Or what are God's suggestions from the Bible? When in fact, no, like his laws, and in fact, this, is, this was our responsorial psalm, right? Is, is the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The decree of the Lord is trustworthy, giving wisdom to the simple The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true, all of them just. They are more precious than gold, than a heap of purest gold, sweeter also than syrup or honey from the comb. This is like, if we think about this, that God creates us. He wants us to become like him, to rise to his level how does he do that? He speaks to us. What does he speak? He speaks his laws so that when we live by his laws, then we actually can become like him, right? This is, this is, this is the incredible thing, right? And this is why the psalmist can say that, that the ordinances of the Lord are more precious than gold, that they refresh the soul, that, that when I receive wisdom from God, him actually speaking to me through his word, when I receive that and then I live it, It's like, what's sweeter than knowing? What's sweeter than knowing, brothers and sisters, that by living according to the laws of God, you will become like him? I can't think of anything sweeter than that. I can't actually think of anything more refreshing. This is why, this is why Moses is, is saying, if only, if only you would heed the voice of the Lord, your God, and keep his commandments and statutes, if only, right? That, because this is the thing he says, it's is the command of the God. It's not, it's not too mysterious, it's not remote, but in fact, it's, it's right here in front of you in the word, right? Like, it's not something that we got to sort of wonder, like, God, how, how do you want me to live? Like, what do you want me to do? In fact, it's like, no, like, I've told you. I've told you. So now, if only you would heed. If only you would receive His laws and read it. And, and it's not just the Old Testament. But now, what? Now, now, God. He speaks to us through the prophets of the Old Testament. But but now, what does He do? He. He sends his son Jesus, the image of the invisible God. It's, it's as though he says, I need, I, need to, I need to speak to them more directly than through my prophets. My, they, my, I speak through my prophets, sure, but, but now like, I'm so desirous and affectionate for them that I need to speak to them more directly. And so I'm going to send my son Jesus. To speak and so Jesus, the word who has existed from all things, he is before all things and in him all things fold together. Now Jesus who comes, who is God, he speaks to us and he gives us commandments. So that, so that someone can come up to him and say, what must I do to inherit eternal life, right? We should be hanging on this question. Someone asks Jesus, someone has the gall to ask Jesus, who is God, this question. How do I inherit eternal life? We should be at the edge of our seats and saying like, yes, how, how do I do this? How do I, like, Jesus, what are you going to say? And he says, what do you What do you read? Well, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And from there, Jesus says, you have answered correctly. Do you hear this? There is a correct answer. How do I inherit eternal life? What do we say in the 21st century? Well, you know, you just do what you think is best, or or you just follow your heart, or you just, no, there is a correct answer. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Do this, and you will live. Now, this, this I think, is is where the word of comfort comes from, is is this. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, you got to perform all these miraculous things, or you got to be a perfect person, or you got to, like, people just, everything's got to come together for you in your life, right? Like, He's not saying this. So that so that if anything outside of my life seems like it's falling apart. Right? If it seems like the Vikings are letting me down again, right? Or if it seems like the twins are, are messing up another game, right? Or if it seems like my family is falling apart and relationships are broken, or if it seems like you know things aren't going super great at work, or if it seems like like I'm not getting that promotion, or I'm not, I'm not doing well in school or in my sport, or if I'm not getting if I'm not advancing the way that I, if I'm not wealthy enough, whatever it is, right? These are all things that are outside of my being. And so like, yeah, th- there might be suffering there, but they don't ultimately matter. The word of comfort from the Lord is that if it feels like things outside of your life are falling apart, that's okay because you can still inherit eternal life by loving God and your neighbor. It's simple. How do, I, how do I make sure that I get to heaven? How do I make sure that I have received the eternal life that Jesus has come to offer me? It's simple. Love God and love neighbor. I can do that. Even if it feels like my life is falling apart on the outside, even if, even if it like if if I've lost my job or if I've 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 I've, I've squandered my inheritance or, or I, I, my family is falling apart, whatever it is, like if that, whatever it is, I, I can love God and love my neighbor in the midst of that suffering. And in doing that, I can know with confidence, actually, that I am on the path to eternal life. That's super comforting for me and hopefully for you as well. Now there, there's a challenge in there. Like, right. I mentioned this, the challenge is this, it's that word all, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, with all your strength, and with all your mind. That's, that's just really hard. It's challenging, right? I just reflect on this in my own life and I think of like, I can love God, sure, and I can, I can try to love my neighbor, sure, but, but with all of me, ah. Uh, you know, every night I, I sit. I sit in my chapel in, in the rectory, and and I, I just reflect on like, where did I fail today? And every morning I wake up, and part of my morning routine is is just sort of doing an examination of the previous day, and just like, where did I respond really well to loving God and my neighbor? But then, where maybe did I not respond really well? And and in that, it's like, oh, there's a challenge that I have to do better. And it's not that I'm earning my salvation. It's it's that it's that. Jesus has given me all of the grace that I need to become a saint, and so I want to activate that grace within me by living according to the dignity that God has, has given to me. And so I, I have to strive. In fact, this was, this was our opening prayer. I know that it can be really easy to tune out during the opening prayer, so let me just remind you what, what we prayed, right? O God, who show the light of your truth to those who go astray, so that they may return to the right path, right? There is one right path. That is Jesus. Jesus. Give all who, for the faith they profess, are accounted Christians the grace to reject whatever is contrary to the name of Christ and to strive after all that does it honor. What is that saying? It's okay, Jesus, God, has given me the grace, right? He's given me the grace because we, He says, Ask and you will receive. So we're asking for the grace to reject whatever is contrary to the name of Jesus. And we're given grace to strive after whatever does honor to the name of Jesus. Whatever gives him what we owe him. What does it mean to strive? It means that I I have to put forth real effort to honor the name of Jesus in my life. And I honor the name of Jesus by the way that I love God with all that I have. And I honor the name of Jesus by being generous to the people around me. That's challenging for sure. And so every day, right, this needs to be part of our prayers. It it needs to be part of my prayers. It needs to be part of your prayers of just like, God, be patient with me. Be patient with me as I struggle to live out this great commandment. Be patient with me as I strive. Sometimes as I struggle to strive, be patient with me. But, But Jesus, give me the grace. Give me the grace as today I begin again as today I put forth more effort to respond to your grace so that I may bring you honor in everything that I do to live out this great commandment and to be set and continue on the path toward eternal life.